Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday. Coming up on the show, we look back at last night's game at Turner's Cross. Defeat, unfortunately, for Cork City against Dundalk. We'll hear from Richie Holland and talk to Rory O'Hagan about that. We have reaction to Cork's loss in Nina in the Under-14 Ladies Football All-Ireland Final. Ger McCarthy was there for us and we'll hear from both sets of managements. John McHenry of Douglas Golf Club tells us all about next week's European Seniors Championship, a big week in golf in Douglas. And we pay tribute to the late, great Teddy McCarthy. Rory has been speaking to Tomás Mulcahy on the loss of a legend. All of that between here and seven. listening to the big red bench with sure 72 hour non-stop protection here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan here with you until 7 o'clock and it's been a sad week uh, for for Cork sport and obviously Cork GA in particular with the passing uh, the untimely passing of Teddy McCarthy, uh, an absolute legend in, in GA, and obviously our thoughts here from Red FM go to his family and friends at such a difficult time. Um, his uh, funeral took place this morning and it uh, seems like a very nice occasion where, where people just really shared all their memories and uh, yeah, it's uh, a difficult time obviously for his family and for all of his friends as well. And just, I suppose, on the man that, that everybody would have known as such a legend, you know, the only man that has uh, two All-Ireland medals from the same year and the only man who will ever do it. The, he's, he's the only man to ever do it and the only man who will ever do it unless there's some drastic change in Gaelic games over the next, whatever, couple of decades. Uh, it is definitely a feat, a feat that will just not be matched uh, in, in the modern time. Just incredible stuff, um, isn't it? Four learning medals and all, you know, two hurling, two football. Uh, just uh, an, an incredible player and just an incredible servant to the GA as well. Um, and we're going to hear from Tomas Mulcahy, uh, his thoughts on, on his friend and his, his obviously his teammate as well. And uh, just uh, some great kind of video clips coming out. And I think one really nice one, which a lot of people would have seen with uh, Marty Marcy on the pitch on Parky Cueve. Uh, with Larry Tompkins and uh, Tomas Mulcahy and, and Tim McCarthy on the pitch and you know they're just having having the crack and all that you know and just a lot of good stories and obviously you know the famous Anthony Daly story of uh, the two All-Irelands and uh, the you know Anthony Daly a great team and how many All-Irelands did they win they won two in the 90s and obviously Anthony Daly getting told that we had a fella here in Cork that did that in a fortnight uh, so just you know, lots of great stories and we'll hear uh, Tomás's thoughts on it uh, a little bit later on in the show. Uh, starting off, we, we look back on the day's action and just really heartbreaking stuff for the Cork Miners today and I do feel they were, they were really harshly done by uh, in the last couple of minutes of that game. They, they suffered a heartbreaking loss against the Leinster Champions Dublin in the Ireland Minor Football Quarterfinal in Nolan Park. Now, look, fair enough, Cork didn't put enough points on the board in the second half. They had a six-point lead with about 10 minutes to go. The Dubs clawed that back. And uh, Cork were point up. It's possibly three minutes into injury time. And uh, Cork forward is going through 
just I suppose you know trying to get that insurance score but of course he's trying to draw a foul in, the, in that instance as you'd be encouraging any player to try to do and the Dublin wing back just you know body slams him down to the ground and no free is given the referee lets it play on Dublin go up the other end get a free and now an excellent equalising point as well from that free and then on the next kick out the kick out's turned over short kick out turned over Dublin finished to the back of the net uh, a late goal and that was it Cork had to be fair to the referee he did give Cork two more chances to try and find an equalising goal and they came oh so close as well uh, Ball just turned past the post with the last kick of the game but just really really unlucky that, you know Cork were given very little chance against the Leicester Champions Dublin today in Nolan Park but by God did they run them close to the wire and uh, just commiserations to, to Ray O'Mahony and his team like they must be dejected after that after going so close but uh, I definitely feel that you know anybody who watches that game back can see that they were fairly harshly done by in, in the last uh, couple of minutes there we're going to hear a reaction from Cork's loss in the under 14 ladies football Ireland final in Nina a little bit later on Jeremy Carty was there for us and we're going to hear from uh, both uh, managers uh, unfortunately lost for Cork it was Mayo 2-9 Cork 7 points at full time in the under 14 platinum final in Nina that one was actually delayed as well due to extra time in the game that came before it um, elsewhere there's plenty of Talchon Cup action going on um, let me if I can find it here Wexford overcame the challenge of Offaly in the first of the preliminary quarterfinals this afternoon Mark Rossiter netted the goal for the winners in their 122-214 defeat of Offaly in Tullamore at Dr. Cullen Park New York lead Carlo by 8 points to 6 with that game heading into the second half um, the Carlo GA chairman's son is uh, playing for New York I believe uh, which is uh, some homecoming for him um, and hopefully, yeah, it'd be nice to see New York cause a bit of a shock, wouldn't it? Uh, the meeting of Fermanagh and Leash has just thrown in while Downs clash with Longford is underway from seven. Uh, in tennis, Iga Fiantek is the French Open women's singles champion for, champion for the third time in four years. The world number one overcame Carolina Makova in this afternoon's final 6-2-5-7-6-4. It's Fiantek's fourth Grand Slam title and just see a bit of breaking news here as well that Aston Villa have agreed to sign Yuri Tielemans uh, which is a big move for them actually Yuri Tielemans name comes up in the chat with Rory a little bit later on talking about the Cork City game uh, just just throw away a remark on about you know when you're trying to think of guys uh, that you can sign for for a team in the League of Ireland so uh, yeah interesting there also the Cork Intermediate Camogie team are in action against Dublin and they're well in front as well Throne's in throwing was at 5 o'clock in Ballinlock it's Cork 210 Dublin 4 points there so going well for Cork in that one uh, obviously then this evening is a Champions League final Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola says he has a plan for his side in tonight's Champions League final against Inter oh does that send the, the shivers running down the spine of every Man City fan that's going to hear that phrase the Premier League club are looking to complete the treble having already collected the Premier League and FA Cup this season Guardiola says his side will have to be at their best to prevail in Istanbul 
have a plan, I have an idea, I communicate to the players, we're going to apply it, if it has success, the ideas will be good, if it's wrong, the ideas will be bad, so, but uh, we are ready, I had the feeling that we are ready, the players will give absolutely everything. Yeah, look, I thought I, I honestly said he could win this 6-0, to be honest with you, like, unless Inter show up with some inspired plan of their own, and inspired bit of form, uh, be great to see Lukaku score a goal or two just to upset the apple cart um, there was a, a lot of uh, good pieces done on how difficult a time it was for him after the World Cup obviously like it was almost a like it was a, a humiliating like game for him uh, with the amount of chances he missed uh, for Belgium in, the, in that World Cup game and he got a lot of abuse over it too uh, so it could be a real redemption story for Romelu Lukaku in Istanbul Rory McIlroy's three shots off the lead heading into his third round at the Canadian Open the defending champion is six under par Carl Yuan is out in front on nine under McIlroy tees off at ten past seven hours time Shane Lowry is out on course he's a level par through his first few holes he's three under overall some news in rugby too Munster's John Klein looks set to be part of South Africa's training squad ahead of the rugby championship Klein has played five times for Ireland having qualified under the residency rule but an application has been submitted by South Africa and the second row is uh, could well be on his way to representing the country once again um, and well deserved as well John Klein excellent for Munster this season um, and you can't begrudge him uh, although he obviously lined out for Ireland he's, he's within his rights and have look the residency rule is very complicated one rugby one I'm not going to get into but South Africa is his own country so he's well entitled to go back there and uh, represent him as far as I'm concerned uh, alright 0868104106 if you want to get in touch with the show tonight with any memories of the late great Teddy McCarthy we're going to hear from Tomas Mulcahy now speaking to Rory about the passing of a legend yeah yeah perfect Right, for more on the very sad and unexpected passing of the late great Teddy McCarthy, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by our good pal at Moss Mulcahy to talk about Teddy's life and times and his career in a Cork shirt. First off, to Moss, um, I'd imagine, like everyone else, you must be absolutely devastated by this news. Yeah, look, it's 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 tragic news, uh, Rory, to be honest with you. Um, I was in the hurling field myself in Glenrovers when I, when I got the call and, um, to tell me of the death of of Teddy, you know, and um, even all the, the players and stuff like that, we were all, we were all, geez, I got an awful fright and we were all just dumbfounded, to be honest with you. We couldn't believe it, right? There's something like this that happened. And um, oh, I'd been in Turles with him on Sunday. We drove mm-hmm. to Turles on Sunday, just the two of us, got up in the car and we had a great chat and we were talking about hurling and on the way down after a great victory with Cork, um, three, uh, three under 20 All-Irelands in four years. We were saying the future was looking good and we were kind of naming players that we think would make the transition up to senior level and, and make us a stronger outfit going forward. And um, the man was so passionate about games. It was, it was just frightening, Rory. And uh, it's a tragic, tragic, tragic loss. It certainly is. Would you remember the first time you would have come across Teddy? Yeah, I suppose. Um, like he always kind of threw a dig at me a few times, right? He <laughs> says, um, you remember, um, you, you, like... Um, he won Hearty Cup with the man. He, he, he like he, he came from Glamour to go to Notman School and, and won Hearty Cup with Notman. I had just gone the year before, and um, 
had won a hearty cup as well so he, he was kind of saying we were on equal terms at that stage then I came across him in terms of actually club and um, we played him in the 1989 um, county final uh, Teddy was captain of Sars I was captain of the Glen and obviously the Glen won that one right so he he, he was throwing no dig at me now and again imagine if I had captain Sars to win the county final I'd have been captain in 1990 you might never have been heard of um, he would say to me and I would have done the double and I'd have been the captain as well, he said, you know. And um, a bit of fun, all just rubbing, rub, just rubbed it in slightly, but a uh, good crack. And uh, we we were the best of buddies. And like, he got on so well with everybody. And people, for me, sometimes people took him up the wrong way. Um, people were kind of um, critical of him as, at, at times, but like underneath it all, he, he, he was a soft person. Um, he loved more importantly than anything else in his life his family his ex-wife Una all the only is below on passage and his three kids Kian, Niall and, and Sinead um, he just loved the ground that they walked on and he used to always tell me about them and always talk to me how they were getting on in their lives and stuff like that as well and uh, he took great pride in that and watching Kian, I think and um, and Niall play on Monday there and uh, with, with passage he was at that match in Ballinlock at the Curry match on Saturday, Turles on Sunday, and another match on Monday. And his just passion for the game was just incredible. How would you describe him as a player, Tomas? Every photograph I've seen of him today, he seems to be about 10 foot in the air in each of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people people kind of look at that. And uh, yeah, and I've seen the social media side of it as well. Look, and, um, and but it isn't, it's, 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 it's like we 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 talk of Cork about our sporting greats and our sporting heroes and like Roy Keane comes to the forefront, Ron Nagara, Sonia Sullivan, Rob Heffernan, people that grace the international stage. I put Teddy McCarthy up there with all of those in terms of the Corkman from a GA perspective, right? The amateur sportsman to do what he did in terms of his achievements. I mean. You look at some of those pictures, and I've, I've been watching myself, um, some of them that are coming through, hurling in football, the spring in his step, the height that he could get to, to catch a ball off the air, football off the air, or to collect a slitter off the air. And I think, look, 1993, there's an iconic picture around the place in the league final against Wexford. I think he's actual, um, the studs of his boot are almost resting on the shoulder of one of the Wexford players as he's gone up into the air to catch the slitter from a puck out. It's an incredible leap and the, the height he is off the ground, you know. Um, and then you, you had something similar against Kerry in football and obviously our Ireland final victories against Mayo and Mead in 89 and 90 as well. Like, I don't know if we ever see the likes of it again. And he he was always he was always on about this, why can't there be a Jew star again? Why can't a guy get the opportunity to win in both codes again? You know, because the way the modern game has gone and, you know, the, the time that's needed, people say it can't be done. But Teddy was always, if the guy has the talent, he should be given that opportunity. And unfortunately, we're probably never going to see the likes again, you know. Mm. And Teddy always maintained as well that Dennis Walsh should have gotten a second All-Ireland medal as well. The substitutes didn't get a medal back in those days. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm sure. Um, yeah, D- Dennis was an, an, an incredible performer as well. And I suppose, yeah, when you look back in this, right, he should have got a medal back in 1990. He should have been uh, due star status as well. Uh, it was unfortunate for him. And uh, Teddy was always uh, very strong in that belief himself. Um, like Teddy was strong in his own thoughts. Like we've like us that would be friendly with him or anybody from a sporting world with him. 
we've had we had major major roles. We had major roles over hurling, over tactics, over lots of things, football, the whole lot, right? And uh, he wouldn't give in. He was stubborn. Sometimes he was cranky. He'd be cross at you. You wouldn't know whether he was going to salute you or not. But like underneath it all, there was there was a soft spot there, and uh, he'd eventually come around the way of your thinking or. If he was mad about you or mad mad with you or something like that, he might ring you back the following day and apologise. And that was just t- Teddy. And like knowing him as close as we did, we we, we knew we know how to play him. And um, he was he was incredible. And he just like he's club SARS. He's back in there as vice chairman of SARS, and he just loved everything about SARS. I was always talking about SARS. And uh, SARS and SARS was his life and played all the way up around the rage, senior level and then as a kind of a, a selector kind of coach when they when they won their first county title after so many years. He was so much involved there as well and um, the respect that he's had and not just alone at Cork as well, I think all over the country. I mean, people have been ringing me this morning, messages coming through from Boston, messages coming through from New York, um, Joe Brawley onto me, Michael Dignan onto me. And I think that's the big, the big tribute to him as well. The respect that he had outside of Cork was was huge for what he achieved. Is there one, I suppose, standout performance that comes to mind when you think of him, Tomas? Um, I suppose. Look, we look at it in terms of like our '86 and 1990 against Galway, and like Teddy was uh, for me from a hurling point of view, he was he was an incredible man to win. Win puck outs, win his own ball, uh, the physicality side of it, but contributing on the scoreboard as well it was 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 brilliant for him as well. And um, I look at those because I, we had two fantastic victories with him there. And um, I just look, he, he he was he was a revelation, right? To be honest, which uh, I go back to '86, and you wouldn't get away with it now. And um, we qualify for the All Ireland final, and um, I think we're on the way down the train. From 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 the semi final, Teddy tells Johnny Clifford, the coach, I'm going away now for a week to Spain on my holidays before the Ireland final. <laughs> I don't think you get away with it now. And he came back, and uh, he was picked on the team for the final. And sure, he had a star performance and um, things like that. Right? He was he was he was different to the norm, but there was, it, it was so nice the way um, he he carried himself. And look, um, he was a tough physical man he was a huge man in terms of his physicality in the field but his sport and greatness I'm sure will, will live for, for long in the memory of us all around Cork and overseas and maybe around the country as well I think Dennis Hurley in the Echo put it best when he said the greats never needed to be called by their full name Teddy Mack RIP and that's how he'll be remembered to most one of the greats yeah, and look, um, it's 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 sad circumstances that we're we're talking about him and remembering him. Um, but what we got to remember in terms of the good times that everybody had with him, and we got to remember him as a friend, a family man, and um, what he contributed to Cork GA. He was just an incredible character, and I say that, and I think on behalf of not just myself, but all these playing colleagues that we played with over the years with Cork and I'm sure from his own club stars and the sporting public around Cork as well because um, no matter where I went with him, it was all about Teddy. Teddy this, uh, Teddy the double and, you know, and um, but the, 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 the kind of the one thing that maybe stands out with me, he didn't realise what he had probably achieved himself and it never got to his head. I mean, to do two all our medals in the same year. He didn't really kind of um, 
realise the greatness what people were seeing from the other side and I think that's the greatest tribute that we can pay to him certainly is Tomas appreciate you talking to us at a very emotional time thanks very much thanks Rory thank you there yesterday Garev and um, Tomas Bulkay speaking about his great friend and teammate Teddy McCarthy who sadly passed away during the week um, and just great memories there from Tomas and uh, I'm sure many people around Cork and around the country have uh, some great memories either watching him play or from meeting uh, Tenny McCarthy and uh, I think it's Alan Kearns is the only player since that has come relatively close to, to achieving uh, the same feat of winning two All-Irelands in football and hurling in the same year in, in 2001 for Galway and uh, Kerry beat Galway in, in the football final and he obviously won the Darling and lost the football, so uh, it was the closest. Or sorry, lost both finals, <laughs> shall I say, uh, Galway that year. So um, yeah, that was the the closest they came uh, to, to to matching it. And uh, yeah, certainly not something you'd expect to see being matched again in a day. I suppose uh, that that Teddy McCarthy would have been greatly looking forward to is tomorrow with a Munster final and a Leinster final, and I'm sure we'll hear some great memories on the Sunday game tomorrow as well and, and some great tributes and uh, it'll be nice to see some of that footage back from, from back in the day and him playing and like uh, they said there such I suppose an eye-catching player when he played uh, as well and uh, I suppose look it's it's It'll be uh, a bit of an emotional day, but it should be a, a fantastic day as well tomorrow with the Munster Championship and uh, with the Munster Final, Clare versus Limerick and uh, obviously Leinster Final then, Galway versus Kilkenny. I believe they're showing the Munster Final on the big screen in Croke Park before the Leinster Final, so they're they're encouraging everyone to get in there, which to be fair, that's that's uh, I think it's good. It should be done far more often in in stadiums when there's when there's games on with games on it somewhere else. And there was a chance to do it as well there the day of Cork and Clare, and you had Limerick and Tipperary and Thurles. And you know Thurles has a screen. Uh, you know it would have been an ideal time to fire that up as well. Like so, I think it would be nice to see that done a bit more often. But uh, Conor Cleary is the big talking point ahead of tomorrow's Munster final. Will he be fit? He's named to start. Will he be starting is the question. And obviously, uh, you know, Anthony Daly writing in, in the examiner that pretty much everybody in, in Clare anyway thinks that they don't have a chance unless Conor Cleary is fit and able to start. And uh, look, you'd have to tend to agree because that full forward line for Limerick is just deadly. You know, the likes of Shamie Flanagan uh, running around inside there and, uh, you know, Galan, etc. Probably picking up Galan, wouldn't he? Uh, himself for Rory Hayes. So, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, going to be a cracker of a game tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, Clare, I think, really do need to beat Limerick because geez, if Limerick, <laughs> Limerick can get a cup after such a ropey time, they will probably drive on, won't they? They were uh, a shorter price for the All Ireland than the than they were for the Munster Championship before the last round of the round robin. Um, so there was a lot of confidence from the in, from the the bookmakers that they were going to get out of Munster, but you know it looked like they weren't even going to get into the uh, the Munster final un- until Tipperary's uh, kind of disaster against Waterford. Uh, so the big chance for them to claim a bit of silverware. All right, there was silverware handed out in Nina today in the under fourteen. Ladies football All Ireland final, the platinum final. Unfortunately, it didn't go the way of Cork. It went to Mayo. Here's Jeremy McCarthy reporting at full time. 
Mayor Crown 2023 All-Ireland LGFA Under-14 Platinum Champions following a merited victory over Cork and McDonough Park in Nina on Saturday afternoon. The Connacht side's first All-Ireland Under-14 top grade success in 29 years was achieved on the back of Hollymount's Emma Stagg, who finished with 2-4. Leading 2-7 to 3 points at the break, Mayo kept Cork at arm's length throughout the second period and despite a late flurry of scores from Cork, Mayo ran out deserved 2-9-7 points winners in front of a huge attendance here at McDonough Park in Nina, County Tipperary. Chair McCarthy caught up with, first of all, Mayo manager Sinead Stagg. First of all, congratulations. You are an All-Ireland under 14 platinum winning banisher. We don't get many female banishers. We need more of them, so congratulations on that. Can you can you put into words what's just happened, defeating Cork to win this title? Yeah, do you know, it's, um, it's, it's absolutely surreal. Um, I suppose you know, you always want a bunch of girls to actually perform and do exactly what you've coached them all throughout. And um, that's what the Julie did. Um, we knew they were well capable of doing it. And it's just to have that belief and confidence. And particularly when you come up against a side like Cork that are established and they've had lots of um, underage um, winning competitions, whereas Mayo has, it's been, a, I suppose, a bit more sparse in that, in that regard. But today was, this is great, like, for Mayo underage football, you know, to kind of get Mayo back on the map at under 14 and under 16. As I said to... A few of the underage managers I met out there, I said, that's the first one now, no pressure. But um, it's, it's massive. It's, I, I, I have to kind of pinch myself to actually realise it, that it's ha- actually happened. I've, I've seen a lot of All-Ireland finals. I've covered a lot of them. Rarely have I seen such an, an engaged, huge crowd from both Cork and Mayo. It's refreshing to see it. How much did that help you today, the huge crowd that supported you? Absolutely. In fairness, every club from across the county got behind us um, today, and that was huge. I mean, every most clubs had had buses coming up, and that's what you want to see, you, you know, under-12s and under-10s and, and their own peers at their own clubs um, coming up and supporting them. And that came from men and women and, and, and both codes. And in fairness, they were massive. When, when, when the kind of going got tough, the, the chance they were coming there from Mayo and in fairness even like the girls the county girls a good few of the Mayo ladies seniors here today and a good few of the minors and, and under 16s and that's huge support as well for the girls and the girls saw them before the game and that gives them that extra bit of um, you know bounce in their, in their step and in fairness um, I, you know I really am really appreciative of all the support that came to Nina you know it wasn't I suppose when we saw the venue initially we kind of thought oh my god uh, where are they bringing us but um, you know it wasn't too bad in fairness and uh, great facilities here um, as I said, yeah, um, I, I have to pinch myself. It's like a, it's a, it's totally a dream. I didn't think I'd be managing any underage team, but um, it's massive, and I'm so proud of these, so proud of this bunch of girls, and they so deserve it. Um, they do, and so does their management team. And congratulations, it's fantastic to see this scene here today. Nina bodes well for Mayo LGFA's future, but for now, go and enjoy. Thank you so much. Thanks a million, Mayo. Yeah, I think Mayo Abu got cut off there. But she said, I, I, I don't think I edited that out. Anyway, I think the the record button was was uh, was was hit was hit there. Uh, Mayo manager Sinead Stagg speaking after their win over Cork in the under fourteen All Ireland Platinum Football Final. Um, Nina actually, like I think I went to Nina about five or six times between the ages of like five and, and eight because there's just so many Christy Ring games on there with Kerry playing and there was like Masters hurling games on there as well anyway. and I haven't been near the place since I whatever it is um, but it is uh, it always was a very uh, useful stadium to be fair but it was a fair trick so fair play to all those Mayo supporters for making the journey uh, plenty of Cork supporters made the journey as well unfortunately not to be today here is Cork under 14 manager JJ DC speaking with Char. 
Okay, JJDC, look, first of all, commiserations. Cork, you know, you've reached two consecutive under 14 platinum All Ireland finals. That's nothing to be sniffed at. It's a real achievement to get there. Disappointing, though, to lose on the day, but um, I think you'd agree to, to, a, to a team that deserved it. Yeah, you know, if you have the best team on the day, you'd be very annoyed if you didn't win the match, and we weren't the best team today, and Mayo were the better team on the day. And congratulations to them. Um, you know we fought well in the second half there we fought back as best we could but uh, we just couldn't get the scores on the day um, Emma Stagg was a threat all day she finished with 2-4 she's a smashing player did those two goals kind of set you in the back foot early yeah the two goals did a lot of damage to us but you know we we recovered from that and we got ourselves back into the game and, and you know in the second half there we drove forward but you know we just just couldn't finish it on the day um, your scoring rate as well you're, you're renowned for your scoring rate you've always scored consistently throughout all your matches it just didn't happen for you today no our, score, our shot to scoring ratio was low today um, you know it needs to be up in the 40-50% in the, in the mark to, to win games and unfortunately today we were down around 30% but you know you'd have days like that you know there's a lot of pressure on girls they're very young they're out there they're doing their best and you know we're very proud of them you know they were team that was dead and buried in the first half against Cavan uh, a couple of weeks ago and you know they did, they did well to get here you know they beaten a, a couple of good teams to get here and you know just a bridge too far today Mayo were the better team on the day and we just have to accept that yeah, and just to reiterate that, like reaching to all Ireland finals is not a trivial thing. It takes a huge amount of time, effort and work. What is the future for these players? How many of them do you expect to step up to 16 next year? I would be, I would be disappointed if we didn't have five or six of them step up between under 16A and under 16B next year. Um, they'll be competing with a fairly, very, fairly strong bunch of players from, from last year. But, you know, you, you, you put the two together, you're in a very good place. And, and you know, it's not just a, those five or six or seven girls that will step up to that. It's it's the other girls on the panel, too. You know, they're in a Cork squad now. They're on a pathway. There's an A and a B squad there next year. They're all underage again the following year, and there'll be an A and a B squad there. So, you know, they have four chances of getting a Cork jersey again at under-16 level. So, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll stick with it and work hard to with their clubs over the summer and, and come back next year up for the challenge again, hopefully. Commiserations, Ken JJ. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us on Red FM. Thank you. Thanks very much, Chair. Yeah, hard luck to all involved there with the Cork under 14 ladies footballers defeated by Mayo in the Platinum final in Nina. All right, after the break, we're going to hear from Richie Holland on last night's defeat for Cork City at Turner's Cross. We're going to speak to Rory on that, and we're going to speak to John McHenry on a big week at Douglas Golf Course with the European Seniors Championship coming to Ireland for the very first time and it's here in Cork. Don't go away. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. You're very welcome back to The Big Red Bench with Sure 72-hour non-stop protection alright it's Aidan Lear with you until 7 o'clock victory for Cork in the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Intermediate Camogie Championship they've defeated Dublin 2-11 to 5 points alright so unfortunately defeat for Cork City last night at Turner's Cross Dundalk uh, going away with 3 points winning 2-1 here is Colm O'Sullivan speaking with Richie Holland afterwards Richie, disappointing in the end tonight. Uh, obviously took the lead earlier on, but uh, Dundalk got right back into it. Yeah, do you know, it was a flat performance tonight. Um, 
probably when you look at it I think Dundalk probably dominated possession for a lot of large periods um, but then you look at the moments probably we have a huge chance there to make it 2-0 and that, that's a uh, that's a big moment in the game, you know, and obviously the other big moment then is conceding direct from a corner, which again should never happen at this level, you know. As he said, you could have gone 2 0 up, it would have been a totally different game then, and then to give that sloppy one away just before half time was disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, it is, it is. You go in half time and the team talks a little bit different. Look, you felt we're just a little bit off tonight, you know, and it looks just maybe a number of factors because of that. It, you know, you look at the number of games and you look probably at our squad in terms of uh, numbers wise and stuff, and we're, just a little bit off tonight and you know, when you are in this league you get punished you know, you know. Um, obviously you came into it on a great run it would have been nice to keep it going until the break really wouldn't it yeah that was the aim tonight you know and we're asking the lads look can we finish off strongly you know because it's been a great period you know of winning four games in a row you know and we're you know again as you say is that like you're in you're in the game tonight and you know at times you're going to have to accept you know when you're a 3-3-2 that might be a, a 5-3-2 and you're going to have to defend at times I thought in the main didn't have loads and loads of chances either you know they had a possession but didn't have many chances and the two goals we concede I think the, the second one is, is, a, is a ricochet in the box and you know, that's more unfortunate than anything you know but look we should defend the cross better as well like you know second half in particular Dundalk kind of stepped it up and seemed to dominate the game he didn't come out with the same energy in the second half yeah yeah they did they did they got the full backs on the ball and you know we're asking probably midfielders maybe to go and and go after them because they're playing high wingers and they're, they're pinning us into a five you know and that's probably uh, where they got out and they got joy from you know and probably hope and dropping in in from that nine position where he's been between the lines and that you know so look they're not a bad side you know look they've they've got some good players look like everyone there's there's ups and downs in this league so for us we just have to take this as a, a bad night at office and we'll go again yeah but you have from the recent weeks you, you know you can put it up to teams and some of the big teams and that'll give the lads confidence you'd imagine for the rest of the season that they, they shouldn't go and fear anyone obviously tonight wasn't a good night but it, but in general after the last few weeks the attitude might have changed a bit yeah definitely like you look at it and even tonight you would say like just get, just get in at the end and you say okay one all okay we didn't have a great great performance but we'd still pick up a point that's probably the most disappointing aspect for me and that's probably the learning for the lads is that like look some nights you're not going to be at it and then they're the nights you, if you pick up points they're the more valuable points you know where, whereas when you're at it like the lads have shown is that they can beat anyone in the league you know so that's probably the, the one for us is that going forward is that can we pick up points when we're not quite at our best you know and obviously yourself and Liam Buckley and the team have come in in recent weeks um, and taken over and you're going to stay on out till the end of the season yeah, look, yeah, yeah, we're we're here to foreseeable, you know. I, I think Durham's happy at the moment with the way things are going and stuff. Uh, look, that doesn't mean if a candidate comes up and stuff like that that things may change, you know. But as you say, look, we'll we'll be as professional as we can be, and um, we we'll, we'll work with the lads and we look to try and get it better. Draw our overall play, we need to just get a little bit better, you know, in in possession and out of possession, a small bit there, stopping crosses and so on, you know. And the break welcome now. I mean, obviously a couple of weeks off for yourselves and the players. Yeah, geez, do you know what? It's been uh, it's been it's been hectic. It has it has you know, and enjoy even with Colin going and stuff. That you know, it it you know, it took a bit of adjustment for all of us, you know, staff and myself included. Like you know, when when you lose a a leader like that, you know, it has been a tough period. And I think like the first couple of games when he was away, you could see there was a little hangover after. But look, the lads have got the lads have got some good results in, in recent weeks. You know, they know know as you say that they can compete with anyone in the league. And for us, now it's about, about getting them back after a few days off and get them ready again for Derry when when we come back after the break. Absolutely, thanks, Richard. Cheers, thanks. All right, Rory O'Hagan is on the line to look back at last night's defeat for Cork City 
just as everybody was getting used to that winning run, Rory, unfortunately, a defeat last night against Dundalk 2-1 at Turner's Cross brings that to an end. Yeah, and look, Cork City just seem to be very flat. Like I think Richie Holland alluded to it in his post-match interviews, and that like they're a very thinly stretched squad at the moment. They have a number of injuries; they don't have a huge amount of strength in depth, and they were going into this game on the back, I suppose, of a fairly intense week where they won last Friday. They had that dramatic win over Bohemians last week, and uh, going into today's uh, last night's game against Dundalk uh, they just looked a little bit flat uh, they missed the influence of Joe O'Brien Whitmarsh who um, when I spoke to Richie before the game he said that he was just suffering with shin splints and he also had his leaving start that week so obviously couldn't train fully he was replaced by Barry Coffey who was fairly quiet last night um, and it was just I suppose one of those games um, City went ahead very nicely worked goal um, it has to be said with uh, Dan um, Kostovic on the right hand side just whipping in a lovely ball that uh, Rory Keating went for but it went off uh, Anis Lidl uh, the Dundalk defender the Gibraltar International who will be uh, lining out against Ireland actually in the Aviva Stadium on Monday week um, but it went in off him and City were looking good they were looking comfortable the first half City were decent uh, and then um, okay um, Ryan O'Kane scored directly from a corner just before half time Dundalk put every player that they had forward in on top of Jimmy Corcoran on top of him inside in the six yard box uh, Ryan O'Kane put it directly in to- on top of them and it just sailed all the way into the net it was one of those weird goals and Dundalk went to the halftime break with their tail up as a result and in the second half Dundalk just took control dominated possession um, they moved the ball very, very well. City were chasing shadows. They looked tired. They were leggy out on their feet, uh, and then they got them. They ended up getting the winner in the end, uh, thanks to uh, Martin's header. He's he just um, uh, just capitalised on a ricochet inside in the box, and the substitute just uh, found himself with a free header from uh, six yards out. John Martin making no mistake there. So look, a disappointing night. Um, but that's all you can say about it like they look tired I think the, the break is coming at the right time for them and uh, they'll uh, get the players a rest I suppose hopefully get a few bodies back uh, for the next game in two weeks yeah that's it I suppose they're coming off the back of a very demanding you know month let's say where they were under serious pressure they had a, a double game week shall, shall we say with a, with a Friday and, and Monday game and uh, they came away with some important wins in that run and like when you look at it it's 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 four wins out of five at the end of the day in that run which was it, it is vital now in, in Cork City going into the second half of the season and obviously catching one of Sligo Rovers or Drogheda United Yeah it was just a shame that Drogheda United won last night as well as so City have Drogheda United coming up and turn us across in three weeks how big a game is that going to be to go to Derry City uh, when the league resumes in two weeks time it's going to be a massive game as well but that Drogheda game on the 30th of June all eyes will be on that uh, for City but it was just a shame that um, Drogheda got a win last night and that happened as well when City got some big wins over the last week Drogheda got wins as well so City just haven't been able to I suppose really kind of um, take over them and uh, or, or go ahead of them in that four match uh, run that they have been on it's um, like I'm kind of disappointed with the result obviously but I mean like it's it was kind of a strange game it was just like City never really got going in the second half whatsoever and, uh, and, and Richie Holland said that as well it's just like they, they had nothing they were very very flat and um, I spoke to uh, the Dundalk boss as well as Stevie O'Donnell afterwards he said it was a deserved victory for a side and I couldn't really argue with him I mean like Dundalk did take control in the second half they were the better team Um 
but they also weren't that great either which is the annoying thing and they were a better team but only just slightly um, they weren't any great shakes and of Cork City had taken a couple of chances and there was one chance there in the first half that fell to Tunde Owalabi six yards out and hits it straight at the keeper um, straight at the keeper and um, on the follow up he hits it straight at the shepherd again it was just very very frustrating it was just one of those nights and um, it's a bit of luck, I suppose. Things go your way a little bit differently, but like that's all you can say. Really, it wasn't a great performance. You you dust yourself off and move on. And I suppose after the defeat, you'd love to be back in action straight away next week. But that's not going to happen. They have to wait a couple of weeks for that. But yeah, just a disappointing night all round, I suppose. What what is the uh, feeling from the management team now that they've been confirmed as staying on in? the roles they're in at the moment until the end of the season in that sort of an interim basis still almost though you have to say you know um, they're, they're permanent interim is kind of the, <laughs> the best way to describe them um, yeah they're, te- they're temporarily permanently in charge yeah that's that's kind of the, the way yeah. it is I suppose uh, but yeah what, what's the kind of feeling with that decision have been made now and look I suppose is it is it is it just because you know they they couldn't find anybody else to bring in to 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 come in and maybe uh, let uh, let uh, the, the the sporting director go back into a role as a sporting director rather than the the interim manager? Yeah, well, I suppose the thing is, like, it's a decision and, and um, that you got to get right. I mean, like, it's a massive, massive decision for Cork City now to make who's going to become the next permanent manager, and there's no point in rushing into it. And I think Dermot Usher like recognised that very, very, very early on, and and then when the interim management team just started clicking and they they went on that run of games, I mean, like I don't think anyone was going to be upset with that management team uh, being left there until the end of the season. I mean, like Liam Buckley, look at Liam Buckley's CV. I mean, like he's won everything that there is to win as both a player and a manager. Um, like he's won the League of Ireland what, twice. He's won the FAI Cup. He's won the League Cup. Um, and like he's just League of Ireland royalty so having him in your dugout it's a no-brainer to keep him there until the end of the season why would you gamble on maybe an unproven quantity or um, or what have you like when you've got Liam Buckley there you might as well use him now Liam Buckley's not interested in the job full time he made that very very clear when he was announced as the club sporting director um, so it'll be interesting to see who City get in there I mean like will it be a big name I mean you're talking like maybe a former Irish international or a, a cross channel player looking to get into management that could be uh, an option but as things stand I mean like Liam and, and Richie Holland and, and Liam Carning uh, and Decky Coleman are, are working very very well so why would you change that um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the transfer window now I'm, I'm hearing that there is um, money there for players to come in um, so it'll be interesting to see who Liam Buckley identifies there and who he deems worthy to bring into that squad because City do need um, to improve I mean like they need the goalkeeper Jimmy Corcoran um, is is fine but I mean like you, he lacks that little bit of dominance that little bit of command in his box and that's what you see where the first goal came from last night uh, they probably need a couple of defenders midfielder maybe a forward as well so it'll be interesting to see who City get in now um, I have no concrete evidence in this or I haven't heard anything at all but Shawnee Maguire is out of contract after uh, finishing up at Coventry City would he be able to be tempted with uh, a move back to Cork City even until the end of the season now I'd imagine Shawnee will have plenty of offers in, uh, in maybe the Championship or even League 1 
Um, but uh, with Shawnee being Maguire being an option for Cork City, is the money there for Shawnee Maguire? It'd be fantastic. It'd be um, a fairy tale stuff for, for Cork City fans to see him come back. Don't think it will happen. I'd love for it to happen. Um, but uh, you'd never, never know. His wife is from Cork. Um, so, look, it, it could happen. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it, it, it. It remains to be seen now what Liam Buckley is going to um, bring in for for Cork in the transfer window. But from what I'm hearing, is there is going to be a bit of money there to, to bring in a couple of players. Well, they have no choice really to spend money because if you don't spend money in this window, you could well find yourself in a in a relegation playoff. And I mean, that's that's a toss of a coin. And, and you could end up back in, like especially if 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 you look at the first division. Obviously, Galway United is surely this time going to stay on and go straight up. Mm. Like if a Waterford get into that, that like Waterford are looking very dangerous at the moment. So you really don't want to be in that position. So this couple of weeks is huge for Cork City, both on the on the training ground in terms of getting players right and, and getting more familiar with whatever system the the management team want to play, but also bringing in somebody who is really going to make a difference. And like obviously you mentioned uh, the likes of a Sean Maguire, but if let's say you were the person to have a reasonable budget, maybe you could possibly bring in, let's say one really good player. Okay, we'll just say you can bring in one really good player. Where would you bring him in? Are you looking at him? Is a midfielder a priority? Is a defender a priority? Or is a, is a forward a priority? Yeah, see, they've got injuries in all those um, areas as well. I mean, like, you'd love to get a, a good, solid central defender to come in and experience central defender to shore things up. And the same in central midfield as well. You just want that kind of experienced head that knows uh, League Vernon, knows relegation battles that can come in and stay with this ship uh, and um, just drive City on, I suppose. I mean, like, City, like I've said this to you, and I, I've been saying this since the start of the season, if City finished eighth this season, it, it would represent a fantastic season. First season back in the Premier Division after a couple of years in the wilderness, that is uh, League of Ireland Division 1. So if they were to finish eighth this season, I think I'd be very, very happy that you then build on that and start moving forward and, and getting better. But this was, season was always about just consolidating in Premier Division. Yeah. Now they are two points behind Slugger Rovers as we look here at the moment Andrade United. So look, there's that three-way battle, I suppose, uh, to to avoid finishing ninth. Now Cork City are currently in ninth. And as I said, that Drogheda United game coming up in three weeks is going to be absolutely massive. So um, it's all very interesting at the bottom of the table. Um, like I don't think UCD are going to uh, in any way, shape or form catch Cork City now at this point in time. They're 15 points behind. So say, pretty sad to say, I think that UCD will be going straight down. Um, so it is that battle between Cork City, Slugger Rovers and Drogheda United, Shelburne and Dundalk probably a little bit too far ahead there in 30 and 32 points, 9 points ahead uh, of Cork City and 11 points respectively so it's the, between the three of those and big thing is Drogheda United turn us across three weeks time, that's going to be an absolutely huge game and it's a game City have to win basically Yeah, it's just it's, it's a tough league obviously then to for even us to speculate about players who could possibly come in like you know it's all fine watching the Premier League and you know if you're a United <laughs> fan you're there oh Yuri Tielemans you could bring him in but you can't, you can't really you don't really watch the League of Ireland you can't just you know pop up with these, these players names because transfers are really difficult to make signings are difficult to make in the League of Ireland and signing players from clubs in the same league as you in Ireland is just it's almost impossible mid-season anyway yeah, and that's where you end up looking further afield. That's why Cork City like looked at Sweden. They brought in like the likes of Kresic and Kostovic. Um, um, Kostovic has uh, settled in well. Kresic scored a great goal against Bohemians uh, on Monday night. A fantastic performance. So look, it is 
I suppose the age-old question is where do these players come from and that's where a man of Liam Buckley's experience is absolutely vital can you imagine the contacts this man has built up yeah. after decades in the League of Ireland so it'll be interesting to see who he can find who he can bring in and who he thinks will strengthen this Cork City team because it is obvious they need to be strengthened uh, they were tired and leggy last night and Scott was very thinly stretched um, and the bench isn't deep at all so whoever comes in is going to strengthen the team but it remains to be seen in what positions those players come in Absolutely it's a massive summer break ahead for Cork City and uh, next game back is the 30th is it Rory? Uh, well they're back in the 23rd they're away to Derry City so that's the, the long trip north for that but then turn us across 30 of June it's going to be uh, should be electric because it's a massive game so you'd be hoping there's a big crowd out for that there was about 3,800 there last night for the Dundalk game and a weirdly flat atmosphere as well because I mean the Dundalk didn't really bring many fans down and there wasn't much of an atmosphere there um as a result and when Rhino Kane's goal went in it was like just like all the air got sucked out of Turner's Cross the place was like a funeral home after that um, so there was just no atmosphere but look um, hopefully uh, when Drogheda comes to town it'll be a big big house and uh, certainly plenty of noise as well Absolutely Rory O'Hagan uh, hopefully it uh, is going to be a, a newsworthy couple of weeks in terms of signings anyway and uh, Cork City can strengthen that squad going into a massive run-in. All right, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Eden. Yeah, Rory there on Cork City's defeat last night and what they might do in the window. Uh, the lineups are out for the Champions League final kickoff is 8 o'clock and the big change that Guardiola's made, to be fair, is probably fairly self-explanatory. Um, even though it is, I suppose, a surprise, Kyle Walker is on the bench, so he's gone with Ederson Goal, obviously. Manuel Akanji, Ruben Diaz, and Nathan Ake are the back three. You've Stones and Rodri holding in front in the middle. Um, and then Bernardo Silva on the right wing, who I think against Liverpool, didn't he kind of play almost as a right wing back that day? Uh, De Bruyne, Ilkay Gundian and Jack Grealish and Haaland up front and the Inter Milan team I imagine very similar to their semi-final starting lineups. Andre and Anna and goal Matteo Darmian <laughs> like Matteo Darmian God he was brutal at <laughs> United he's starting in the Champions League final tonight anyway Francesco Asorbi and Alessandro Bastoni make up the back three and Denzel Dumfries and DeMarco are the kind of wing backs uh, Nico Barea Brozovic and Hakan Chanaloglu in the middle. Chanaloglu could be somebody who could smack a free kick in though. He used to be deadly at free kicks when he was, when he was playing with um, Bayern Leverkusen he used to be within the Bundesliga. And Edin Dzeko and Lauturo Martinez up front and obviously Romelu Lukaku on the bench for them among others. So look, hopefully it's some way interesting anyway but I have a feeling City could absolutely turn into a cakewalk. Alright, let's finish up talking about a big week in uh, in offering in the offing for Douglas Golf Course, we're going to hear from the general manager of Douglas Golf Club, John McHenry, on the European Seniors Championship, which is coming to Ireland for the very first time, and it's here in Cork. John McHenry joins me now to look ahead to a big week for Douglas Golf Course. The European Seniors Championship is coming to Ireland for the first time, and it's on our doorstep here in Cork. John, I imagine there's huge excitement for the week ahead. Uh, there really is, you know. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I think it's it's not often that European championships come to Ireland, and certainly not to Cork. And I think that, um, you know, we're very grateful um, that that the EGA and Golf Ireland have chosen Douglas Golf Club, and obviously we're we're very proud to represent Cork and to represent Ireland. 
I suppose tell me about the process of bringing the tournament here and when that all started off, I suppose. Yeah, we sat down and we started uh, talking with Golf Ireland probably about two years ago. We, we, were, we were saying to them at the time, we had just come out of COVID and we just come out of renovating our clubhouse. And we had said to them, that, look, we were, we were very ambitious to try and see could we get on the... Um, I suppose the international radar in, in, in terms of hosting events um, look you know, like no different than any other club in Cork really you know um, we would be very proud of our own heritage we've had a very, had a very strong representation in Ireland panels down through the years both men and women and I think that um, you know we currently we have, a, we have a strong representation as well and I think that Golf Ireland were keen to recognise that and recognise us and um, you know obviously we work closely together we hosted the Irish seniors amateur last year and uh, that was a success and immediately after that they asked us would we be interested in hosting the European seniors this year and obviously we jumped to that opportunity um, and I think that you know um, we're very very proud to do so Golf is really like golf has always been extremely popular in Ireland but it really does feel like over the past you know since Covid let's say that it really has started to take off in all age groups as well like it really is on the rise at the moment it, it really is, and I think we, we're seeing that bounce ourselves. Um, you know, I think that um, more and more, I think that uh, juveniles and juniors are seeing golf as being a very attractive sport to play. And you know, couple, there's always been a very strong interest from, from from the more mature membership. But I think that uh, you know, you can't bring an event like that to Douglas um, w- without without full support from the club. And I think that we've got that in spades. And I think that certainly, you know, we're seeing that same level of interest across. You know, I'd be talking to managers week in week out and. We're seeing that level of interest uh, right across uh, all, all, all areas, really, of, of the sport. As you said there earlier, exposure-wise, a massive opportunity, isn't it? A uh, real chance to, to showcase the course, and uh, like you'd be very proud of that. We we are, of course, but I think that, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'd like to thank, you know, an offer of the other golf clubs in Cork have helped us out as well. You know, they, they've reached out and they have offered us tea times for our members who obviously will be discommoded for the week next week. And, you know, we would like to think that we would do something similar. But I think that, uh, you know, in terms of an event coming to Douglas, obviously we're extremely proud of it. Um, but I think that, you know, we're very proud that um, these Europeans are coming into Cork um, and, you know, they're... The senior category is one that's probably, you know, socialised a little bit more. Uh, they, 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 they get around and hopefully, you know, Cork would benefit from that as well. That, that they'll come, they'll see Cork for what it is and they'll come back and play more golf up here. That's it, I suppose. A rising tide lifts all boats, as they say. Um, on the course, I think, is there has there been one or two modifications? I suppose, in particular, the 18th hole. Just uh, tell us a bit about that for, for the tournament. Yeah, I think that look, we, we we sat down. We have we have a number of different cars on the golf course. Um, you know, our championship course is a par seventy. Um, our main course for the for the membership is a par seventy two. For this event, we'll probably be playing a par seventy one. In terms of modification of the golf course, the the, the, the big one really has been on the fourth hole. Um, we, we with the M twenty eight and and the you know the ring of skinny bypass. We've had to modify our hole there, so we're playing a brand new hole for this tournament, par three again. But I think that it, this will be the first time it's played in, in, in serious competition, and I hope that the members, you know, um, sorry, at least the, the players will, will, will enjoy the whole. But I think that um, you know the members are very keen to play it now as well. It's been, I imagine, a challenging enough couple of weeks with, with the weather we've had, and obviously it's great to have sunshine, but uh, to keep uh, keep grass nice and green as well can be a bit of a, a challenge. And I'm sure you're quite happy to see a drop of rain maybe over this weekend ahead of possibly a few more sunny days next week. 
Yes, I think I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, I think you know if we talk to again the golf managers around the country, uh, um, it's perpetual really this heat, and I think that we're, we're getting a lot of golf courses burning out in certain areas um, and presenting maybe a different look and feel to it. But you know, the game of golf is played on the ground, and you know maybe the looks might be a bit different, but the challenges will be the same. But I think that certainly. Um, you know the, the the bit of rain last night was very welcome. We, you know, again with the, with that new hole, we've we've put a lot of new trees in, in into the course. So, you know, we're we're out there daily trying to water them, trying to make sure they establish themselves. So, um, look, I think I think that the players themselves hopefully will have a great week next week. I hope it's the hospitality, and I hope I, I hope the spectators really from all the core clubs come and come and watch really what what should be a great spectacle. And just on that then for spectators, how should they go about uh, getting 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 into the course and I suppose getting uh, hands on tickets and all that? Well, there's no tickets, um, but you know, so there'll be free access. I think I think probably the biggest um, problem we may experience next week will be car parking, and we have we have quite an amount of car parking space. But you know, if spectators were coming, I, I would ask them maybe to carpool and and, and come and enjoy themselves. We would welcome everybody. Um, you know, it's it. It really is about an event for Cork, and I think that um, the more the merrier, really. And but I think that we're going to see some great golf on this day next week. Absolutely, John McHenry. Pleasure to talk to you and uh, enjoy next week. I'm sure uh, it's been a stressful enough, probably time for you uh, getting everything together. So I uh, hope hope you enjoy it when all uh, tees off. We will, of course. And thank you again for all your time. Yeah, sounds like it's going to be a great week at Douglas Golf Club with the European Senior Championships coming to Cork and coming to Ireland for the very first time. All right, we are out of time. We're majorly out of time, actually. Uh, Thanks a million for tuning in. And Rory is going to be back tomorrow evening from 6pm. Stevie G is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.